<laughs> I'm so tired. What is it? Why are you tired, David? What are you fucking talking about? Why am I tired? Why are you tired, David? You've been there the whole day. You know not, why I'm tired. Not not the whole day. The whole fucking day. I woke up and Megan was there going, <laughs> Hey, what's up? Are we gonna eat some pizza or what? <laughs> no, I just uh, we worked all day. <laughs> And and then we had rehearsal. Yep. And it's like ten o'clock at night and I'm all full of leftovers and ice cream. It took us forever to get home, which I by the way I'm still reeling from. I'm really sorry. Reeling. Reeling. It was not a good <laughs> trip home. No. Um, no. It was it did not need to be that way. So this episode's going to go <laughs> one of a couple of ways. <laughs> but um, I want to tell you something important. Okay. I also want to stop speaking this way. I'm hearing myself in the monitor, and I've kind of got like this voice Oh, you going got the on. Kardashian. I'm not going to do that anymore. A lot of fry. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to take a big boy drink of my wine. Yes, we're winding it up right now. <laughs> I think I might need more halfway through. <laughs> and we're going to introduce our guest, who's going to talk a little more into his microphone. Hello. It's Brandon Minokia. Yay. Hi. What up, Brandon? Not much. I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> you're you're tireder than we are. You got up at, what, five in the morning? Yes, but I did. I had coffee before coming up here. I wish I had coffee. Yeah. Should yeah. I start drinking coffee? Um, I don't think you'd like it very much. That's not the point. I thought you meant like right now, and I'm yeah. like, I feel like it's not, <laughs> not worth it. No, I don't. I don't drink coffee. But you like the smell of it. I love the smell of it. It smells like it smells like mmm. That's gonna be an adventure. It smells like chocolate and caramel, and it tastes like butts. But what if it replaces Dr Pepper? Is Nothing will ever replace Dr. Pepper. How dare you? I was wondering if I so would wait. be angry by that question. My name is David Andrew Laws. This is Dress for the Podcast You Want. My co-host this week again is Megan Greener. Hello, and How- sorry again. Uh, sorry again? Yes. Well, they better get fucking used to it. Because <laughs> I think Bessie's... I think she fell into a hole. I know. So, now we're going to get an official update on Bessie soon and how she's doing down in that hole. Um, <laughs> and our guest is Brandon Minokian, who is... Uh, Everything. Really just a doer. He wears many, many, <laughs> many hats. How, how'd you get so many hats? Um, I bought them on clearance. <laughs> Which one's your favorite hat? I don't have a favorite. Oh, so Brandon's a maker. He's a producer, filmmaker. He's, a, he's an actor. Actor. Playwright. Writer. Director. Did we yeah. say director? He does it all. Um, and we're not going to let him talk. We're just going to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> While he's forced to listen. <laughs> I, I'll keep drinking my wine. Please. <laughs> um, and, and fuck, I don't even know where to start. I guess I'm going to start by asking you the question. Do you think you're a successful person? No. (gasps) (laughs) Whoa. Oh, no. (laughs) Really? Yeah, no. Go on. I mean, I don't... What? Why not? Why don't you think you're successful? I do. Do you? Yeah. That's... Thank you. Of course I do. Thank you. 
Yeah. How do you define success? Oh, I don't. Yeah, I know. So um, <laughs> no I've listened ever, to this podcast. I know. No one's ever asked me that before. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I see you want to do a thing and then do a thing. You wanted to make a movie. You wanted to get these really impressive people in it. And then you did. And it was made and has been enjoyed. Is that not successful? I'm talking about Happy Yummy Chicken. One thing that I know Brandon very well about is he made a movie called Happy Yummy Chicken, which is about um, a woman who it is eats a, a musical lot of chicken. Mockumentary. It is a musical mockumentary. That is Im- an important distinction. Um, but it's got like, I mean, proper stars in it, I think, right? Like, yes. They're, they're, they yes. are like Taryn Manning and uh, Emma... Miles. 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 Diane Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Suzanne Douglas. Yeah. Suzanne Douglas, yep. Who, so, I mean, Elaine I couldn't. <laughs> I think that I've done things that, like, on a checklist of things that you would, like, this was a success, you mm-hmm. know? But I don't think that I am successful as, like, a an overarching theme Okay. I think quite you, the opposite. Do you, do you have a particular definition of success that you um, sort of roll by? I mean, for me, it's like within the last year, I feel like my definition of success has changed hmm. a lot. Uh, yeah, I think it used to be like, you know, if I like do this many movies and sell this many copies of a book and if I have this many followers on Instagram and now it's more of like my idea of success would be um like an emotional stability sure. <laughs> just like just to be happy sure that's and important to like have personal things that I want in my life so you know but going by these two definitions of success I I don't think I've achieved either or mm. like success on anybody's <laughs> definition of success I think I've done things that like you know, yeah, I have a movie and it has some impressive people, but it's not like, you know, anybody saw it. Like, so, you know, a few people saw it, but sure. it was not widely consumed. So if you're even thinking of success as like, oh, I put this film out and like so many people saw it and it made all this money. It, it did not do that. But I did make it. Yeah, lose money? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm very broke. <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh, okay. Well... What do you want? What do I want? Yeah. Um, I would love, uh, yeah, emotional stability. What an interesting shift, right? Because when we talk, as you've heard on the show, um, we talk about sort of personal and professional yes. success and how those are different things. Does that emotional stability, is that something you want professionally as well? Or is that or, or is that reminiscent of the fact that your personal success is your is your main focus? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of times when I've done stuff that like from the outside looking in, people will point to as being my successes, like Happy Yummy Chicken, or even when we were doing Grim Women, yeah. this play that I wrote, we did it for like two years. Um, yeah, it's had so it had many, so many uh, reincarnations of it. TV star. <laughs> and it, um, like these moments that people can look at from the outside, it's like for me, like not that I want to get too deep into it, but there's I always do. That's we what can go as deep for. as you want. But we've got an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so does everybody. Else. I mean, there was always like 
some like bad shit happening behind mm. the scenes that I didn't necessarily broadcast like people that are close to me mm-hmm. like they know what was going down sure. mm-hmm. um but there <laughs> yeah you know I've had a lot of like heinous experiences yes you have um you have so there's a lot of things like uh, these good things that people see would be happening but just like there was like always a dark side mm. to it and to the point where I like took a break from creating things. Um, and only very recently in like the work that we've been doing recently, I've like just super happy and um, just really enjoying the work for the yeah. first time in a long time. A, a what, break and rest is so important. <laughs> what's the difference in the work that was stressful and tough and the work that is re- rewarding to do? Um, was it just the break or is there a difference in the project? I think because I had viewed success as in many ways a numbers game, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there was always a pressure, um, like beyond financial, even just this, like, if like this video gets X amount of views, then that will be a success. Or if I get this many followers because of this, that will be a success. Um, and I really have taken the pressure off of that. Or like, even if I work with this person, no matter what the consequence, like this will be a success. And I don't feel that way anymore. Now it's just like, I want to do this and I want to do this with these people who are like really good people. I I remember when you were first uh, sort of formulating. Oh yeah. Megan and Brandon are friends. Oh yeah. We, we, we go friends too, David. Well, Yes, <laughs> but, but I, Megan and I go like we go, way we go the fuck way back. back. So yeah. Megan may actually be the real host tonight. I may be the co-host. Yeah, I remember when you were first making Happy Yummy Chicken, or, or you you had the idea of the script, and you were maybe like one or two drafts in, and you were already thinking of like people, and you were um, like a big focus while you were developing the script was all right. We want this to reach as many people as possible, and with doing that, we need to have a mixture of people that we know, but then also specific people that already have a huge following, whether it's actors or people that are social media. You had a very producerial hat on. And what I see actually now that once you got through Happy Yummy Chicken and took that break, and now you say, I want to make this piece with these people, the producerial hat has not gone anywhere, but I think it's decreased in size a little bit. Now it's equal size with all the other hats that you have on. And I also have a confidence in myself that I didn't have then. Sure. Whereas now, you know, it's not that I'm against working with successful people or that sure. every successful person I've worked with has been awful because that is like definitely not the case. And not that it wasn't worth it for Happy I mean, Oh, yeah. yeah. But now I feel like, whereas before it used to be like, well, if this person performs my work or if I can work with this person, it validates me and it will be the only way that this will reach people. But now I feel like, you know, I'm good enough and smart enough to create content that no matter who's in it, I can get it out and reach people and I know how to market and, um, you know, do that and reach the people that I want to reach if like whether that be a wide audience or maybe I'm making something um, like tree time for a really small audience sure. of people. 
Um, now you can be like Adam Sandler and just work with your friends all the time and not worry about it. No, I would love that. <laughs> yeah. Or Judd Apatow. That's true. Or That's true. But finding that, Martin you know, even if, even if you don't necessarily feel successful, I mean, that's a huge milestone for a creative person yeah. to reach. That's huge. Yeah, I'm in a good place, but I don't feel successful. What do you feel? <laughs> I feel like, um, like, like I'm just in a good place. Good. And I'm enjoying the work that I'm doing. Um, and like, there's just a lot of things that I want. Um, Is there, <laughs> whoops, I dropped a push pin. Nobody <laughs> walk around. <laughs> um, hmm, let me, let me percolate on this question for a moment. Cause I think what it is, is if your ideal success in this moment is being, uh, in a good place, right? Wasn't it? What's your ideal success? Emotional stability. Emotional stability. That's a very specific thing. Um, what's the milestone for that? I guess that doesn't that doesn't that that seems very unstatic, right? So for so many people, a success milestone is I was on Broadway, I won an award, I did a dance. Um, when you have some emotional stability for a day. Will you feel successful or for a week or for a year? I mean, not to sound like cliche or, or desperate, but I think like if I had a partner, mm -hmm. a sure. boyfriend, yeah. like, <laughs> I think that because there was so many times where like looking back, you know, the hindsight yeah. bullshit, mm -hmm. um, there were so many situations that, arose that because like my personal life wasn't great and I was lonely I just couldn't deal with certain situations in mm. a healthy productive way so I kind of would just shut down sure um and I think like a lot of that and a lot of my writing is just about wanting love and being denied love and mm -hmm. you know because that's just my <laughs> experience <laughs> yeah all right the Tone of this podcast just shifted. Megan, give us that theme music. <laughs> Welcome back to <laughs> So You Want to Date a Successful Person. Oh, my gosh. Brandon, what are you yeah. looking for? What am I looking for yeah. in a man? Yeah. Um, someone passionate. Great. And driven uh, and confident. Nice. Yeah. Now yeah. I want that. Now I want this. Now I want. <laughs> <laughs> either this podcast or another podcast i want to make a dating thing but <laughs> nobody knows what brandon looks like except for all the social media stuff that i put out about his beautiful face and we're just gonna sit with brandon for an hour and talk and at the end of this episode someone's gonna be like i'm passionate about brandon <laughs> um that's a small list give me what else what do you what why tell me more I'm very picky. That's why I date Megan. Yeah. You guys are a beautiful couple. And other but people. But you guys are like like cool people and you support each other artistically. And there's just so much like if I could have like the gay version of what y'all have, <laughs> you know. You know. Did you do you want to tell them that we're both gay? Is that why you're looking we're, at me? We're gay for each other. <laughs> you're gay for each other. Now it's out. Um now we're out. Yeah. Now we're out. Now we're out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you can find that. And you will. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe. Like, I had to come to a realization that there was a lot that I was holding back in my life Mm. that I was like, well, when I'm successful... I'll get a dog or a tattoo or when I'm in love, I'll do like X, Y, and Z. And then I had to come to the realization that like, you know, I'm in my thirties now, like maybe none of these things will happen. Maybe I will never be in love. Maybe I will never be successful. So maybe I should just start like doing all these things that I want to do. So I got the dog. You do have a dog. I don't have a tattoo yet, but what would you get a tattoo of? Um, <laughs> if you had to get one right now. Yeah, I, my first tattoo will be the word joy, Great. which is my mother's name, yeah. but also Aww. just like an emotion that I yeah. like don't often feel mm-hmm. all the time, but that I strive to Where you going to get it? I don't know. Do you know a good tattoo parlor? No, no, no. Not what from where. Where. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Probably my wrist. Nice. Hmm. Yeah. So again, we're adding to this list. Passionate. Yeah. Must love dogs. Because you have a beautiful dog. I do. Named Harper. Yeah, I love her. Oh my God. She's gorgeous. (laughs) She's a handful. But she's a cute little handful. Yeah, and so she's so jolly when she when she's she is she's joyful being herself. Yeah, she is. I mean, we love that thing where like when she she gets excited, she was trained to go just put a shoe in her mouth, not bite it, not eat it, or chew it or anything. She just goes like, "Oh, I'm excited that now." That was hysterical. She, I yeah. thought she had a shoe and shouldn't have a shoe. Well, she should originally when we first when I first got her. And she was a puppy. She would get so excited, so she would, like, nip. Yeah. So we started just putting a toy in mm-hmm. her mouth. So now if she gets really excited, she'll, like, put the nearest, like, Any object. The nearest. So it just, like, it's usually, we just have She's shoes. Like, I'll be right back. Everywhere. Hold on. <laughs> Let me just put something in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, do you mind if I steer it a little bit? You know, or were you still finishing out? Finding me a man. But I'm, I mean, yeah. that, is, that is what we're doing. Uh, is that what we're doing here? Yeah, it doesn't mean... We, I mean, we're not going to find one in this room. We're That's not true. recording live, and there's just you, me, and Brandon. <laughs> Unless, like, someone pops out of that. You wouldn't want to date them. That'd closet. be terrifying. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> if someone just poof, appeared in the room. <laughs> no! Ah! Um, yeah, you can... You can. Well, I mean, I, I, only because it, it happened to me, my assumption is that if you keep going on this road where you start doing the things yourself that you've always wanted to do, You'll probably get so good at it to the point where somebody will pop up and you may even feel like, oh, God, now <laughs> I was on I was on such a good road because that's what happened to me when I met this guy. That's yeah. the thing people yeah. say about things. And yeah. I don't know how much of that I feel like. Well, only because you were on the opposite end of the spectrum when well, we met. You were ready, right, to, to, to be yes. with someone. But, hmm, okay. But hmm. I was just talking about this with my friend Ryan about when Megan and I met. No, yeah, <laughs> oh. exactly. we were talking about you two the whole time. I was like, <laughs> we were talking about how it's like you know it happens when you least expect it. So then sometimes I find myself trying to like actively least expect. I'm not expecting. I'm gonna go it. into like a bar <laughs> with a T-shirt that says I'm not expecting anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, when by the time I met. This one over Stop here. Stop calling me that. This one. What's this my guy, name? Guy. 
this guy. Um, she forgot my name. You know, I, I I had gotten out of something that was not the healthiest of relationships. I thought it was one thing. He thought it was something else. And so it felt pretty toxic for a while. The douchebag. Yeah, it, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, bless him. I, I wish him well. But like it was, a, it, was it was it was a douchey situation. <laughs> and it went on for much too long just yeah. because I was so afraid of like pulling the cord for that long. But when I finally did. I was in a place where I was like, I'm so emotionally exhausted. I feel like it's been like one after the other of the same pattern that I'm ragged. I don't want to be with anybody. I just want to, I want to act. I want to teach and I want to do some fucking yoga. That's all I want to do. And I was then, the like, opposite. Yeah. I've been dating and dating and dating and dating and dating and dating. And I was like, whew. This is blood. And he was he was ragged. <laughs> I was yeah, exactly. Maybe I was in the same place because yeah. I was like, I'm ready to maybe meet somebody and and settle on down. Yeah. And I was about a month and a half into this new way of living. And all of a sudden I get out of my show that I was doing and he just like pops up in my in my face. I went poof. I like, like the guy in the room. And and you're it, not that's why you shouldn't have dated me. It's because I went poof. <laughs> And I was like, uh. so that's what I mean. Like, oh, yeah, you're going to get so good at like this new way of doing things that when it yeah. happens, you'll be like, oh, or maybe you're right. Maybe you'll never fall and in it's love. True, But I am like, I am and in what a great, then? great place now. Like yeah. I'm doing a lot of stuff creatively that I've never done before. And I'm very happy. And just a lot of stuff personally. Mm-hmm. And my friend and I started a book club. That's amazing. <laughs> and you were you were in the yeah. middle of Anna Karenina right now, aren't you? Yeah. Are you yeah. in the middle of Anna Karenina? I'm because if you're in the middle, the middle you it still was, got a lot of Anna Karenina. No, I know. And it was our book for August. <laughs> so <laughs> I gotta like I gotta hurry up. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah it's it's very good. Anna I really Karenina? like it, but it's it's long. I, I had only seen the, the Kieran Knightley version I also of it. saw that. It's, that one. Is it like that? Have you seen it? I haven't, I'm sure they I felt it down it. a bit. I love the book, mm-hmm. but it's one much like when for book club we read On the Road, the original scroll mm. by Jack Kerouac. I, much like when I read that, this is also a book that I wish that um, I could read over the course of like six months mm-hmm. and not... I mean, now I've I passed the I passed the month deadline, <laughs> and then some. Um, but I think the rest of our books for the rest of the year are much lighter reads. Yeah, you probably earned it. You probably yeah. earned it. I mean, one of the books in October is em- Empanada Loca, which <gasps> Empanada Loca. Yeah, well, here's could the read thing: in an hour. So now that you mention Empanada Loca, you yeah. are so like while a lot of this podcast series has been uh bringing things around to tony shalhoub a lot i think maybe this particular one may be more focused on uh the daphne rubin vega my favorite but but what about tony (laughs) i mean tony can come too he can come to the party he's just gonna have to host it with daphne yeah yeah vega he can bring the macaroni salad but she is the will be the guest of honor (laughs) she'll bring the the empanadas the empanadas yeah which is what really what everybody wants Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Um I feel like a lot of your your aesthetic and your taste for a long time have been influenced by her and things that she's done and I don't know. I just I just feel that you've been very creatively inspired and influenced by her. Yeah, I feel like I've um just because I'm like a mega fan of her and and a few other 
people that I've, you know, just you follow their career. So you get to see so many things that maybe you wouldn't see otherwise. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what she's done has been inspiring. I like nothing like her. You know what I mean? Like she has like the coolest, like most badass vibe. And I mean, I, she does it. She has I'm, a, like, a nervous wreck at all times. Mm -hmm. That's my vibe. I mean, she has great taste in projects that she chooses to she do. Does. Um, but she's I feel amazing. because of your long time, fandom of her um yeah. there's a certain niche that your work fits in i think by writing hers. like there's always like if if i had the dream <laughs> like she would be in she it. would be somewhere in sure this. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. definitely um yeah what would it be and what you want to you want to work with her in what capacity um i would love her to be in something that i wrote have you written something for her Yes. Ooh, what? Can you talk about it? Well, it was Happy Yummy Chicken. I oh. did write a part for her, which, now, I mean, you know. I write something yeah, for yeah, yeah. her. Oh, I did. That yeah. was for her. Or we, like, yeah. Megan knows someone that, like, sent it. It just didn't happen. Oh, uh, um, yeah, I, w I work with a few lab members, and that's what yeah. that's what she is. She's a labyrinth member, so they were able to forward some stuff. I mean, but Diane Guerrero ended up playing it, so it's not so like, it's like you know, yeah. like Diane is fucking amazing and yeah. like just killer actress and doing so well. And funny enough, like when I met Diane, I was like, oh, I loved you in Emoticon, which is this film that she did with, with Daphne. She Ruben was in Vega. the Emoji movie? No, it's know. a film called Emoticon. When <laughs> it's just like a beautiful indie film, but I'm sure like, like I knew Orange is the New Black, obviously, before mm -hmm. we did Happy Emmy Chicken, but that wasn't like my in on necessarily the people who were from Orange and their work. Right. Like hers was definitely emoticon. And I think she was very surprised that yeah. that was my <laughs> like in to her work. I want to mm. circle it back to that. Yeah. Um, how did you get, cause that, that that's where a big sort of the quote unquote success population of happy yummy chicky is happy. Ch chicky. Happy <laughs> yummy chicky. Yeah. Uh, is orange is the new black. Yeah. Folks. There's three actresses from orange is the new black. How'd you get them? To make a long story short, <laughs> um, at one point, how do I word this? Taryn Manning and I were both attached to work on this project that was happening in L.A., mm -hmm. which I don't know if it's still happening, but neither of us, to my knowledge, I'm definitely not involved. Like, I know that we, there came a point where we were not involved anymore, but that's how we connected and I, one day, I, like, DM'd her on Twitter and, like, hey, I'm, like, working on this. Like, I'm producing a film that I wrote right now. Um, would you just read the script? I'd love your feedback. Of course, I'd love you to be in it if you want to. Um, and then I was... I was in the Amish country in Ohio riding on the back of a horse and buggy. <laughs> and she like DM'd me back. And so we started talking. And the talking. Amish people were like, what are you doing back there? Yeah. No, I mean, the Amish people were really cool as oh. hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they um, had seen, like, they didn't now have cell I phones. No, I'm just being a low-hanging fruit. Yeah, dick. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, the real short version of that is you reached out. Yeah. Right. I mean, but she knew, like, she had an idea of who I was. Sure. 
but we did not meet in person until um, we had started talking. She read the script. She told me she wanted to do it. Um, she brought on Emma. Me, Emma, and Taryn had a meeting at the the meatball shop. Is that what it's called in New York? Oh, it's a restaurant. It's a very good it meatball. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Um, and then Diane, we met through like hair and makeup people. Wow. Um, but she only did it because these other two girls signed on. Um, so that's how they became a part of so, I mean, the project. That, that's what I say from the beginning when I labeled you, knighted you, uh, a doer, right? Like, yes. You were like, I want to do this thing. I reached out to this person. They're going to do it. We make it. And I mean... By by that definition, if uh, your definition of success is that I conceptualize something and then execute it, yeah. then yes, yeah. Yes. Has there ever been? Well, I'm sure that I'm sure there has, but like, are there projects that you've wanted to do and haven't been able to? Or yeah, you're shaking. You're not. Yeah, a lot. And also, and to that point, um, and you know, maybe this is healthy, maybe it's not. Is nothing that I have executed until very recently has gone quite the way that I wanted it to. Mm. Sure. Like even, you know, dating back to, to grim women or mm -hmm. even before that, there was this project I was doing called revolutionary readings, sure. which, um, you know, there so many good things about it, but it like, I always there's always this feeling like I could have done more or this could have been more yeah. um and I don't know if that's like you know this self-deprecating thing but recently like you know we just did these two short films self-tape and tree time and I'm really happy with them mm -hmm. we just did a show for New Jersey Fringe um the most awkward love life of Peabody Magoo. And mm -hmm. I was like thrilled. So I'm, I'm starting to uh, become satisfied with mm -hmm. things and mm -hmm. happier and just enjoying them mm -hmm. a lot more. Well, let me talk to you about this. And this, yeah. this is not a gotcha question and I don't mm -hmm. want it to be. And, 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 and I want the atmosphere of this to be, if we talk about this and you don't want it in the podcast, then I can edit around it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I'm really curious. I want you to talk to us about you made Happy Yummy and you like put everything into it. Yes. And now, then after that, you moved back in with your parents. Right? Yeah, I did. How does that, how is that? Yeah. I mean, me and Katie Frazier, we like finance and produce the film. Yeah. And your company is called Love Drunk Life. Our company is called Love Drunk Life. Hashtag Love Drunk Life. Katie's mm -hmm. incredible. Yes. Um, and yeah, Katie's amazing. I and just also have to... one of the funniest people. Yeah. Ever? She's hilarious. I'm pretty she's sure. a gifted actress, producer, writer. Yeah. Like she can do anything. Well, right. Get she also wears show. many, yeah, many hats like you. Yeah. Yes. And it, uh, yeah. And I think because love drunk life thus far has been a lot of things that I've written there like maybe is this perception that it's like, oh, this is Brandon's company, but it, it it's Katie's company. <laughs> and like, I am just like blessed to be in her presence at all times. She is like just the driving force of everything that we do. Mm -hmm. I feel like, like I'm just really grateful for Katie. So we produced this. It really, 
you know, up until a month before we were going to do it, like this was just like a movie with like us and our friends. And then like all of a sudden these amazing people were signing on to do it. So like, we're like, okay, yeah, like here's my credit card. Like, let's like just make the best film that we can. And, you know, and, and for what films cost to make, this was nothing. Sure. But for what Katie and I had, it was everything. It was yeah. a lot. And so basically, um, like I went broke, so I had to move back in with my family. I also had had, um, there was a time where I was going to come back to New York, but a lot of things were going wrong, mm-hmm. like just in my personal life as well as my career. So everything was kind of falling apart mm-hmm. for me. So I just like, I needed to get away, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was broke, so I went home. And, and how, how did it? How did it feel to do? Um, and how does it feel now? I mean, it, you know, I was turning, th- you know, approaching my thirties, and now I'm in my thirties, and that is like every definition in my head of like what would like a fucking loser be? And it's mm. like somebody living at home when they're thirty plus you know right so yeah it did it feel that way when you when you did it yeah yeah and, it did and now you know better right uh-huh i i don't know okay <laughs> well, good well, you can come on the podcast yeah. and we can tell you better. i mean if you were if you were to take that and like we're literally anywhere else in the world where it's actually the the culture to live at home with the parents and the extended family and all that stuff like you going back at that point and lord knows i've done it i've been broke and had to live back at home with with parents and it was not too long ago that that happened um they they would be like what's what's wrong with that of course you're home with your parents yeah look there's worse things that could happen i love my parents dearly that helps um it's one like we're mm-hmm. very supportive of each other yes um because they are very hardworking. yes people who are growing a business and so we're able to be very supportive of each other um but there is a, a time where it's like you know nothing is mine sure and i'm craving ownership mm-hmm. of things so like i said i'm in a like recently I've come to just a much better place in my life and dealing with my circumstances and also just realizing that like nothing is forever, you know? Right. So it's good. And I'm starting to, uh, I think maybe be less of a brat and just valuing the time that I'm spending with them more. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you know, when I was like, there was a time in my like career, which I'm putting in. Oh, quotes. don't put quotes. Like a time that. in my career don't. where things were going just better, uh-huh. you know, ex- financially at least. Mm-hmm. And and I think that I had this perception, like everything that I was like, like envisioned, like oh, that is like the definition of like where I don't want to be when I'm 30 and then like I, I kind of manifested that for oh my. myself so yeah well then let's transition into what's your advice for the doers oh I realize why it's so hot it's because this fucking light's my on. advice is oh now hold on oh, that, yeah. gotta, it does feel better light off and now we're all sitting in the dark nobody do sees this so they don't do know what's need happening more wine. does anybody need more wine I do <laughs> let's take an intermission and then Brandon's gonna tell us his advice. My money. 
Are we going to take a real intermission? Brandon's just going to get the wine. Megan, tell us a joke while Brandon gets the wine. Uh, 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 oh, hey, look, Brandon's back. That's not a joke. That's, That's a, a fact. terrible joke. Because it's not a joke. It's a fact. Tell us a joke. What if, well, t- I, tell your Bayou joke. Oh, I like that joke. Yeah. What You have to tell it in a Louisiana <laughs> accent, though. And Brandon already heard it, but fuck Brandon. Um, <laughs> That's the whole point of this episode. What? Find yeah. To fuck Brandon. Wish I could call it that. But. <laughs> fuck Brandon. Fuck Brandon. Um, <laughs> the, the Cajun people, here's a joke. They say, what's a, what's a, we're talking about the bayou. What's the loneliest bayou? What? Bayou self. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to talk about I had a callback and I knew in the callback I had to improvise some uh, like pickup lines. So I spent all day Googling bad pickup lines. I didn't end up using any of them because I'm fucking brilliant and just did a natural <laughs> improvisation instead. And I didn't use a crutch of Google. <laughs> but I heard so I had some funny ones lined up like um, I told you these, but I was going to be like, damn, girl. Are you the second season of Westworld? Because you are just fine. <laughs> just <laughs> Or like, fine. hey, girl, are you Bryce Dallas Howard? Because, ooh, I got a crush on Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brandon's back. We got wine. Everything's got wine. good. Uh, what's your advice? My advice would be... Um, don't finance a feature film by yourself. <laughs> Fair enough. And which, like, you know, we shot this motherfucker in six days. <laughs> we sure did. So, like, we were, like, it is really, like, in what films cost to make, it was nothing. In what Katie and I had, it was a shit everything. ton. Yeah, sure. it was everything. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, I would never, like, I still finance small projects for myself mm-hmm. because you know like I, I don't go out much so this is how I want to spend my money <laughs> is like I'm going to do like a a short film mm-hmm. yeah I mean nothing I'm doing is um highly financed um but yeah I would never I would never finance a project of that magnitude by myself ever again sure but that being said um it was a really fantastic learning experience. Yeah. I learned so much by doing all that I did for it. And as much as I like, I I wouldn't say that I enjoyed the process. Um, I wish that I did looking back. Like I wish that I had taken time to focus on the many positives about it, but I was miserable through a lot of it. Um, So as much as I didn't enjoy it, I am am very proud of the product. I mean, you've you've heard this from me before, so now I'm just going to say it to you and to uh, putting it out in the waves. Doing Happy Yummy was literally one of the most fun experiences I ever had. And I know that it was not that for you because yeah, there's there, a lot there, of there are a few people that voluntarily would want to go into it, you know, uh, producing their first film project. Yeah. And it's a feature-length film, doing it in six days, with people that are in other notable projects and you're also starring in it and you're doing rewrites and you're, you're doing all of that. I, all I had to do was go in as an actor 
Um, but you it did was more than that. I mean, <laughs> you, you were you, very, very I was helpful. See, I was seeing evolutions of the script, and I and I threw like one or two people to you for casting and stuff like that. But I mean, when we were shooting, it was the one of the most fun things I've ever done. You're like, incredible. We have to talk about theater critic trope. Yeah, we do. Is that safe to do? On yeah, here? yeah. Okay, okay. Brandon was explaining to me we can talk about the fact that he's theater critic Trump on this. But theater critic Trump is going to have to figure out a way to promote this without with it being theater critic Trump and yeah. not with it being Brandon. yeah. I talked about it drinks today with with Ryan. What's, okay. What are the current What are the current numbers? Do you know them? No. So Look at that. The numbers don't even matter anymore. Look at what a different <laughs> place they, you're in. I know, I, I know the general. <laughs> it's, fa- um, this, it's it's at Trump musicals. Yeah. right? it's fascinating to me. David's looking it up right now. I spelled it wrong because I've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> drinking wine around electrical stuff. Theater critic Trump at Trump Musicals on Twitter uh, has 7,000 followers, 7,382 to be exact. And that is many more than me. <laughs> and me. Many and more. Me. I mean, I think it's <laughs> more real, than all of us combined. That's a, that's a lot of Can numbers. I just say I'm really enjoying the fact that this particular account has chosen for its its cover photo. It's um it's pictures of the original cast of Hamilton and it's got a big one of those big red cross line like the do not signs. I didn't know. I found that on Google. So oh, you found it on Google yeah, and just pasted like, it on there. It's stolen. It's so, <laughs> so funny. This funny. cover so photo. It's it's it is a parody account of Trump as a theater critic, and I mean, I'll just read you a couple of. If you want to find the uh, the highlights. profile picture, it's Trump's face with a phantom mask over it. He's got like <laughs> I don't do a good Trump, but he's got a chorus line: "Bad musical, whiny actors complain for three hours, not even auditioning for a speaking role, huge waste." Titanass song, good. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do these while we were rehearsing today? There's just one that says. Yes. Ripley Greer smells non-equity. <laughs> Wait, we have we have the book. We, we have, have the book, book here. Book. It's and I so think it's right behind you. There, like, it's obviously a little um, uh, like like if you are a theater person, you'll know what's going on. But even if you're not, I think you can understand uh, a lot of them. Ow! Why'd you kick me? <laughs> um, what else? Where's another good one? What are some of your favorites? Do you remember any of them? Oh, uh, Frozen has been on Broadway for less than a year and already has a sequel. Be more chill, <laughs> set to open on Broadway. <laughs> Huge. The joke there is that's not a sequel. It's not a sequel. I'm, ac- I'm looking for. So what I'm holding is uh, theater critic Trump's book which is called Theater Critic Trump's Bigly Huge Guide to Booking Broadway and Beyond, Volume 1. <laughs> um, and Theater Critic Trump, I guess we should somehow thank him. Um, he did enough of his research in the off-off Broadway scene and found Hamlet isn't dead and even wrote a little... That's the theater company I run. Yes, that's our. that's the Shakespeare company that Mr. David has founded with with one other person. It's time for a SpongeBob revival. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that non-equity people find the strength to get out of bed in the morning would almost be inspiring if they weren't so completely pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) It just goes on. And it's so, it's so funny. Sorry, were you going to quote the book? Yes. Uh, Well, I found a little bit where uh, this uh, theater critic Trump talks about Shakespeare. Go on. 
Shakespeare is something people lie about enjoying so they could seem smart and get people who wear glasses to sleep with them. <laughs> Shakespeare was awful. It's just a bunch of words thrown together in random order. Nobody can understand that. There's even a whole company in New York called Hamlet Isn't Dead that does nothing but Shakespeare. If Hamlet isn't dead, he should be because Shakespeare is like a live abortion. I've always suspected Shakespeare is actually the usually overrated Lin-Manuel Miranda sings in disguise. You've never seen those two losers in the same room. Think about it. <laughs> That's And so where did this come from? Uh, um, after the election... As many people were, I was <laughs> like really upset yeah. about the results. I was doing a play in the like nowhere, Pennsylvania, hmm. like the middle of nowhere. And we opened on election night. It was a play written in the 70s. It was called An Almost Perfect Person. Hmm. And it was about a female candidate who loses. And so we thought that it would be like, oh, <laughs> And then, like, this shit happened, and we had to do the rest of the run. It was supposed oh, to be a comedy. Oh, my but it God. Was, <laughs> and know. how was that received? It, it was well-received, mm-hmm. oh, but I was in such a blur. I was in... Yeah. Like, this was, like, after, like, every bad thing that had happened to me personally and professionally, that fell apart. And but I still had this hope that the election would go a certain way, and then it went the way that it did. So I felt like not only is my personal and professional life a mess, but globally, like we're so fucked. <sighs> so I like I fell apart, and there was this moment, and and so I was really angry for some time. Yeah, and there was the moment where um, he called Hamilton hugely overrated and i like i like lost my shit and i was like what the fuck does this motherfucker think he's like a fucking theater critic now and mm-hmm. then i was like huh what if he was so <laughs> I, I created this twitter kind of as like therapy um because it's like if i can laugh at things i'm scared about yes like this administration or about this industry mm-hmm then mm. I feel like I can overcome them because it just puts it into some sort of perspective. So someone once tweeted about theater critic Trump. They were like, this account just tweets things that I'm terrified of. And I was like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point. Yes. Like, me, me too. I'm, I'm <laughs> tweeting everything that I'm scared of or like just about like douchey personality traits that I have um, and also just about like this idea like what if this monster were a theater critic you know so it is an act of like rebellion in a sense sure uh, but it's a lot of things but it's uh, it's also so in line with how how I know you I mean yeah like and that, it's that satire which is yeah. I guess like you know, not necessarily what I thought that I wanted to write but it's definitely like the thing that I write that is the best received how does that feel um uh, you know that's if people receive things well that's great Um, some people i guess get they they get relief out of this especially at that one that one really crazy time when he was first and it is weird like this is the thing that definitely you know i put like my heart and soul and like entire credit card into happy yummy chicken and and no one really saw it mm-hmm. whereas like 
I like tweet when I'm drunk or <laughs> like bored and like it by far has the widest audience. Like it doesn't have a huge audience, mm-hmm. you know, it's not massive, but it by far has the widest audience of anything that I've ever created. Yeah. Sure. So it is weird. Like, you know, it's like when you're least looking for it, it will happen. Sure. And so it is this like, it's, it's funny to me that this is like the thing that, the most people have responded to, but the thing that I have put like, you know, mm-hmm. not much effort into, like even the book we, like I wrote it in like a day. It's so good. Um, well then is, here's what I want you yeah. to do. I'm not talking to the two of you anymore. I'm talking to the audience. So yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want you to give Brandon a bump. If you listen to this, here are all the things you can look at. You can go to Twitter. I mean, because you got you've all these avenue choices. Go to Twitter. It's at Trump Musicals. Yes. Dot com. No, fuck. It's at Trump Musicals. If you're his um, favorite musical is Cats. If that's any kind of like more enticing offer. Yeah. Look, he look loves up, cats. He loves cats. If you're on the Facebook, you can look up Love Drunk Life mm-hmm. and give them some support. You can get Happy Yummy Chicken on Amazon. You can get iTunes. Uh, iTunes. iTunes. It's on this app right now, maybe still called Tubi TV, which is like like a Netflix, but mm. it's free without oh. registration. So you can mm. watch it for free there. I'm and gonna of course, put if you're old school. You can get, get to the watch DVD. commercials to watch it. But I love mm-hmm. commercials. Get it there on are gonna iTunes. be so many links here <laughs> that you can watch and absorb and eat Brandon's content, and I want you to watch it and fall in love with him and date him. Yes. <laughs> That's your assignment this week. Um, unless you're married or yeah, a straight no man or a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave you with some more advice from theater critic Trump. And we're going to sign off. It goes like this. A great tip. This sounds like my Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> Just read it. A great tip for getting out a lie into a friend who did awful in a show is finding true things to say with enthusiasm, such as the light's really shown on you or your hair. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so go check out all that shit. We First love of all, you. that quote is amazing. Second of all, you sound like you just walked out of Zay Bars. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Tip your waitress. Fuck, knock them right over. <laughs>